Hello, my friends. This is Chad Brown. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast for yet another conversation. If you listened to the last episode, you know that we talked about radical openness. And the original plan in the last episode was to cover both radical openness and radical transparency. Uh, Luckily, though, I think we didn't get through radical openness. Uh, We had a good very full conversation about what that means and what it does for a team. And it stood alone as a great episode. And so this week, we are continuing the conversation around radical transparency. And the same is true here. We had a great conversation. I can't wait for you to dig in. Before you do, I just want to tell you really quickly again about the change imperative. This is a comprehensive ebook that Dan wrote about change management, exploring all of the things you'll come up against as you start to make change within your organization and the characters that will show up and how they will show up. This is invaluable. I know so many businesses, so many of you right now are experiencing mass amounts of change due to COVID and economy and season and all of that kind of stuff. We have so much going on. You can get a free copy if you go to change-imperative.com. And it's change-imperative.com. Get your free copy. Now let's dive into the conversation. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Conversation, the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name's Chad. I'm here with Dan and Adrian. We are having a conversation today about radical transparency. What timing, right? I mean, this is the perfect time for some transparency. Yes, yes. We were all, as before we hit record, we were all just uh, touching base with each other and getting real transparent about where we are and everything that's going on with clients and life and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm grateful for that conversation. And uh, I'm excited to dive into this. You know, last conversation, we set off to explore openness and transparency in a single 45 minute conversation and were unsuccessful. (laughs) Um, and I'm actually quite grateful that we failed because I loved the conversation of openness. I've gone back and listened to it twice already. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm very excited about talking about transparency and how these two go together to create a culture that is productive and, and create the control, the culture that we want. So, uh, failed to ask you two how you're doing today. So, uh, why don't you give your piece? How are you doing? I'm good. I, I was just confessing to the guys before we got started that my head was about to pop off. It stayed in, it stayed on, attached. That's great. <laughs> I'm glad it did. Me but, too. Yeah. <laughs> you look ugly without that beautiful thing on top. Of uh-huh. Yeah. But the, the, hey, that's the our moneymaker. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, just, you know, dancing, dancing with the complexity. Dancing with the complexity. That's kind of my that's the uh, COVID mornings these days with a couple of little kids that are both now on Zoom and and um, projects to do and stuff to buy and nannies to uh, organize and manage and and uh, then just moving houses this week. Anyway, just a lot of things happening. So you know, and all that is pretty neutral. It's just a lot of things happening now. What do I decide to do about it? That's the ball game. You know, if it's got me or if I've got it, that's a that's a choice. Yeah. So anyway, I, th- I stayed pretty calm this morning, but um, just kind of, I liked, I liked the the phrase. I think I picked this up from Jocko Willink. If you guys know that guy's the old, one of those, one of the Navy SEALs that have made a lot of money um, utilizing his technology out in the uh, public sphere. You know, he just said when the first, they get a great plan in place. And then when the first bullets fly, the plan is off. 
right? It's like, you know, they don't know now. It, now, it, now it's dancing. And the only, the two, the two things that fly through their head constantly, they, they train them this way. Prioritize, execute, prioritize, execute, prioritize, execute. And I think about that all the time. It's like, okay, there's 15 things. What's most important? Do that. Now yep. what's next important? Do that. You know, so that's my transparent morning happening on a Monday morning. Love it. Mine is very similar. I, I'm, just, I'm managing the complainer in my head between my ears yeah. and like realizing that what I'm complaining about is the very thing I prayed for. <laughs> and now I just don't like the demand it puts on me. Like this is, this is what I've wanted. So now why I get upset and, and I just I got chunked it back to how lazy I can be about what the commitment or the vision calls from me. Like it, it's calling me to get up earlier. It's calling me to prepare. It's, you know, all these things that, I kind of hoped wouldn't have to happen. <laughs> I'm glad they did. It's just getting rolling, right? Getting rolling. Yeah. So I, yeah. Get, you know, it's like once I get rolling, no problem. But yeah, that first few steps. Yeah, like personal momentum. Yeah. yeah. I love uh, that. It was it was Wilkola wrote the book uh, Radical Ownership. Is that what it is? That what it's called? Or uh, I think that's what it's called. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. Like that. Some extreme, extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, well, I feel like I could yes, I could yes and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, but yes and. Yep, exactly. Well, uh, let's jump into it. Let's talk about transparency. You know, um, I already mentioned we talked about openness last conversation, and uh, Dan, you let us really nicely into the conversation around transparency and how these two are coupled together. When we when we talk about transparency and even radical transparency, what is it that we're talking about? Well, you know, for me, when we talk about, we're talking about being radically, so radical meaning like beyond what you would normally expect yourself to do. Mm. I think of unprecedented. Unprecedented. That's right. It's not, I don't have a, in other words, I'm breaking through my history of risk. I'm going to ask yeah. risk about what is going on and, and, Radical transparency has to, to do with really getting in touch with what's reality, what's going on around me and in me, like in me and in others and around me. So can I, can I just add, I mean, I think that for me, the radicalness is beyond my own personal or societal standard. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then, you know, and what that does is, and, then, and I'm expecting the same from those who I stand with or who are my colleagues or team members, et cetera, et cetera so that we can, it ensures that we can get in touch with what is actually going on right now, right? Like what's hidden needs to come to the surface. And it, and it enforces really good thinking and behavior because when you have to explain yourself, Everyone can openly assess the merits of what you're thinking, you know, and whether it's going to, they can put their, they can actually get detailed in their feedback. And if I, and they can give me an idea of how they're experiencing my ability to deal with it. And so transparency, obviously, to see into me, right? Intimacy, see into me, transparency. And, and that helps make it clear. Like, like if I can't answer something, if Adrian and I are talking about a deal and we're going to do something, or you are three of us, and we start asking each other questions about the thinking, what we're trying to do is get on the same page, and it may require some reinvention with the different input until we can all land on it. And it's a great way, if you will, to maintain high standards. 
And the thing about truth and radical transparency, they're fundamental to any real idea meritocracy, which is really what you want. If you want to, if you want to get your team on the same page, you've, you know, you've got to be able to invite them and you want to, and you want to not only get them on the same page, but you want to scale your thinking into the organization, then you've got to reveal your thinking. And then, because a lot of times, a lot of my clients will go, Geez, I don't have the time for this because, you know, I know what I'm doing. I could get there. So what ha tends to happen is the team becomes more of a set of tools rather than co, you know, co-creators. And, and, and if they can, if their thinking isn't straight and I help them get, you know, we get straight or they get me straight or we do that together and we do that together, then we're all operating from the, a very, you know, the same mindset. We're aligned. And, and that enables a really powerful experience because whatever's good, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly <laughs> get revealed. And the more effective they are, we are at deciding the appropriate ways of handling things, then it becomes an invaluable training exercise, everything we're doing. And learning is compounded and, and accelerated when everyone has the opportunity to hear what everyone else is thinking, right? So unfortunately, a lot of, I don't know, I, I can own it for myself. When I've, I've made mistakes, I've bought a lot of mistakes in, in leading teams. And one of them is I'm the guy with the idea, right? That That's that's real. You know, I could be the guy with the idea, right? Maybe I did start the idea, but I'm asking other people to buy in and contribute. So they are bringing great things to the table too. So how do I, how do we work together? So we serve the same outcome, but we do it at a higher level. We start to leverage the, the talent at the table instead of just using the talent at the table. Right? That's great. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. And that's not, you know, I was thinking about it. It sounds good, you know, altruistic and all, but I, what I'm really excited about is I like Adrian, one of the things I really love working with you about is this is for me and my experience of you, you are naturally in this place. In fact, mm. when I think about getting on the phone with you, I find myself and same as you said, I'm getting ready for the call. Like, like I know this guy, these guys are going to pick off anything I miss. And, and, and it's great when you do, because but at least if I come to the call much more prepared, it goes that much deeper. And and it can be edgy sometimes, but it's worth it. Edgy because my complainer's working. Right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, similar similar here. I, I was thinking, you know, even before we jumped on on this call, I was thinking about how, you know, we're very we're we're an opinionated culture. Like inside of TNG, we're an opinionated culture. We've got views on things and commitment around views and based on our experience and just based on our commitment, like, you know, being bold and having an opinion and being bold and having, being willing to go ask the question that is dying to be asked is kind of our culture. So I feel like that sometimes too. It's like, I, I know that if I'm, if I'm not showing up a hundred percent, it will be noticed. It might not be talked about in that moment, but it will be noticed and it'll come back later. Um, and not like, not like, Hey, what's wrong with you? But Hey, how are you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because our standard for for being with one another is really high, um, which is a dangerous notion that most people don't take on when they think about work. They don't think about the standard of, you know, engagement with one another. And, you know, as we talk about both openness and transparency, it is re really around a standard. Like, what do we expect of one another? How transparent must we be to play ball, to stay in sync with this team? 
how transparent must we be? A question for a listener thinking about on my team, how transparent are we? And whatever that, and if you're, you're the leader of the team, you probably are, if you're listening to this, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's the, I forget who said it, maybe Maxwell or something, but it's kind of the law of the lid, you know, as the top leader, you're setting the standard, you know, and you want, I mean, others are going to operate up to that, but they'll probably won't operate beyond you because they're going to be breaking a, an unwritten, but practiced uh, rule or ritual. And they might be batted down if they're more transparent than the leader. Yeah, well, that or they're yeah. When you say more transparent, if they approach one of the things I've seen and I've experienced is if somebody asks a question that reveals a hole in my thinking or logic about something I said I really care about, I find myself immediately wrestling with my identity, and then and if then I've got, if I let that down, then I can join as a participant in learning what's wanted and needed to bring forth that that aspect of the vision that I hadn't recognized was in a blind spot, right? Two things, like we talk about, two things that keep us from these kinds of cultural conversations is ego and blind spots, right? And I notice if it's a blind spot, my ego gets kicked in. So my ego becomes an ally, lets me know that you're probably hitting a blind spot, right? If I find myself defensive or getting edgy, then if I catch that, if I allow myself to listen to it, my ego can help me go, okay, I need to pay attention here. There's something I'm missing. Or or maybe I'm not, uh, but I don't want to look at it, and I ought to be looking at it. That's why I'm edgy. Maybe I feel mm-hmm. I don't know how to handle it, or I don't feel equipped for it, or I'm overloaded and I'm, I haven't been willing to ask for help. There's a lot of different relationships or conversations that could be triggering it, and I won't know it unless we get it in the open and have a conversation about it. Usually it doesn't take long. Yeah. Adrian, you talked about it coming back. Uh, it, I know, <laughs> I know on our team specifically, I'll speak from my experience that if I don't show up, just as both of you are saying, if I don't show up and, and practice transparency, the places that I'm not transparent with you will come up at some, come back at some point. They will show up, whether it's today or in a couple of weeks. Um, and so, I just I I'm grateful to be on a team that holds me accountable to that. Right. And what that creates is is we get to move through stuff. I don't want to say quickly, but effectively. We get to, you know, we state what is there and then deal with the carnage. I guess what we think is there, right? Or what's there for me. Yeah. Um, so I do love this. I love that you both, uh, our whole team holds me to a standard in which I need, I want to come to the table transparent. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I was thinking about just this last couple of weeks when you and I, we've been talking just some of the stuff you've been struggling with. You were so open and transparent about, which helped us get through that. Yeah, with very little resistance, and and but I, I felt compassionate for you and what you were thinking and working on, and we're able to all of us work through it. And I think there's a hierarchy of concerns when doing that. Like like, like if there's what's going on for you. That's part of the reality. There's what's going on for me and Adrian. Those are all part of the reality, and then current reality, and then there's what's going on in the world <laughs> and with others. Right? Yeah dynamic it isn't like well we figured it out now and but it's like each moment we're connecting with it and the more automatic i get with 
like I, I think of Eckhart Tolle's book, uh, The Power of Now, right? Mm-hmm. If I keep showing up in the now, I, I'm calibrating constantly with what's real, what's going on internally, externally, and then I can be calibrated. Because you can go a distance without checking in and still might be affected because things may not have moved too far. Conversations may still be where they were or in some close vicinity, so there's some relevancy. But but if I don't check in sooner or later, those conver- you know we're conver- we are conversations, so they drift into different concerns. And then we find ourselves irrelevant or disappointed. You know, I don't know about you, how many times you wake up and go, you, you show up with somebody and you go, oh, you know, Chad, you're not, you're not being yourself today. Meaning you're not who I thought you are today. <laughs> yeah. So now take responsibility for who I think you are, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back into this mold. Yeah. Well, I, I've been thinking about it since we got the conversation started around the the idea of like static or dynamic view of self and you know inherently if you're i mean from a coach's perspective and a transformationalist perspective like we think things can transform people transform and that's probably for me that's like the best news on earth that we can evolve we can transform uh, only because there's aspects of myself that I still don't like there are moods that I'm in that I don't prefer to be in there are you know, habits or patterns that are kind of the not fun part of my existence. And if I can shift, if things can transform, that's great news because I get to leave some of those behind over time, sometimes instantly, sometimes over time. And, you know, part of this radical transparency, and I think why it's powerful is because we're dynamic, right? And we all know this, that on a certain day, I am a certain way, a certain minute of the day. I mean, just notice your own mood changes throughout the day based on lots of things, based on how much sleep you got, based on how much food you ate, based on the level of stress, based on what's happening around you, based on the deal, you know, the, the people that you're dancing with in work or whatever, like you're all like, we're a lot of times we're a response to those things. Or, you know, we have, we're, you know, clear and committed to where we're going to be and those things move around. But those, that's a big crossroads that's a big crossroad to decide if I'm the product of my environment or my history or my network, or if I push those things, if I, if I'm generating and moving myself forward. And, you know, that's, I think that's why radical transparency is a powerful tool for what I would just call like self-leadership, but also really, uh, this might sound soft to some, but perfect for some like self-care. You know, if I am, if I know what's going on for me and if I'm willing to voice that and say what's going on, because there are days that I'm not doing too well and I need more help just because of the day that I'm in or the mood that I'm in. And let's say I've got a big thing that's coming up 48 hours ahead or 24 hours ahead and I'm not doing well. Well, if I'm not willing to voice that, then then maybe the result is at stake. But if I'm if I'm committed to even for myself, radical transparency, then I know when I need to turn up the knob of making more requests or taking you know 20 minutes to kind of go on a walk and get myself right because I'm going to invest this crappy mood into the project. Or I can take 20 minutes and say, hey, guys, I'll be back in 20 minutes. I'll, you know, I need to take care of myself and then jump back in when I'm already in a place that's actually able, more easily able to generate the results I say I want. So like being able to reveal yourself, especially, I mean, I'm thinking about the ambitious leaders we work with. 
where part of the game, I think, for them is to always, quote, have it together, only because I've, I've bought that T-shirt. Like, I got to have it together as the leader. I got to be the one pushing through. And some days I feel like Clark Kent, not like Superman, and I'm in denial that I feel like Clark Kent. But it'd be helpful to others to say, hey, I'm having a Clark Kent type day or whatever, however you want to talk about it. And I'm going to need some more help today than I usually do. And that's part of this. Either we're we're always the same, which isn't true, but we like to believe that's true, or we're just this dynamic self. That's you know, I was thinking about uh, the distinction be, do, have, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm thinking around stand, like, like transparency. What I'm my being radically transparent is actually a, a result of it's a have. It's a from a way of being, right? It's from a stand. Like I, I'm standing for something that means enough to me to be dominated by whatever's wanted and needed to have it turn out. And so I'm going to be transparent to find out what's wanted and needed to have it turn out. Hmm. But, you know, what happens is transformation can either go towards progressively towards the future that's that's that I want, that that matters, or I can go, I can use my imagination to become a monster, if you will, and really, really make my life miserable. And, I found that there's a there's a context in there. There's a there's two basic stands I found in myself. Two basic places I come from. One is I'm committed to have something turn out, and I'm so dedicated because it, it's meaningful to me that I'm willing to be transparent about what's wanted, what's going on for me. I want to hear what's going on for you because I know that that's what it's going to take to find what's wanted, and needed to bring forth this future, and that it's worth it. And we who we become in the process will be worth it. And then there's the stand that I want to prevent something from happening. I don't want the past to occur, right? And that stand produces, in fact, I, I not transparency. I'm trying to get away from something. So, you know, I'm afraid to talk about it. So I have a tendency to cover it up because I'm afraid that if I talk about it, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, and, then, and if you think about it, some of the most difficult conversations that we have with our clients, that our clients have with their people, is the conversations that they're afraid are going to bring upon them something they've they're trying to stay away from and they forget what they're really committed to and that usually what you're committed to is going to send you right through the valley of where you don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to and you said earlier uh serving the same outcome and that struck me because I had the same I had a, an experience recently on another project called Epic Man Trips. We're putting together this retreat for men and we're going to go up, ride some motorcycles, do some adventurous things, but also experience some transformation and, and some togetherness. And uh, If you're a guy looking and you want to have a great time, this is the place to go. They're going to do some radical stuff. Don't miss yep. it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. But on our team, there's a certain person on our team who some things came up where they missed some commitments. And I got curious about it and said, Hey man, what's, you know, what happened here? And, and he said, well, I just got so busy. I got, I had so much, I couldn't handle it all. And I said, well, why didn't you say something? And he said, because I didn't want you to think I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I mean, beautiful, exact. I didn't, I'm trying to prevent something from happening versus have something happen. And that's yes. an example. Yeah. And I said, awesome. This is perfect. <laughs> 
Well, and, and this is what I was saying that, you know, on our team, I know if I don't show up transparent, it's going to show up later. That's the, that's the perfect example. And I love that you talked about serving the same outcome because when we're not transparent, I, I believe, or for myself, when I'm not transparent, the outcome that I'm serving is not being found out. Yeah. I don't want to look like I can't handle it or I can't show up or I, I don't know how to do this. And that's the outcome I'm serving rather than the outcome we're committed to together. Yeah. You know, uh, you just pinged something for me. We have a client. We do these. We're in the midst of a pretty deep, I would say, turnaround. And I've noticed that the great conversations come at the last 20 minutes of an hour and a half call which is an indicator that the transparency level is down, right? And I had a client this week, a guy I work with, and he was like, I don't know if we should be working together. You know, I don't see you very often. We only talk once in a while and how relevant it is. And I remember, and it was my first call in the morning. It was like 9, 8.30 in the morning. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't want, because I left home and we were, you know, we evacuated because the air quality to come down into the desert. And and I'm in a hotel having a conversation with this client and I'm thinking to myself, okay. Uh, I said, I said to him, you know, that's just bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I said, I'm just going to say what I think. And he, and he goes, oh, that's rad. Tell me more. And then, which I was not expecting. And then I just let loose with what was there. And I, I asked him, I said, tell me what doesn't work for you with me. He goes, well, you seem to talk too much. <laughs> and I went, well, that's good feedback. Because I know in me, when I'm explaining my way too much or I'm talking too much to the client, it's because I'm afraid to say what's really there. Mm. Right. So he thought I'd be upset about that. But it was really a gift because I know what that means. So I just let what was I go, I wonder what I'm not saying. Oh, and it came right up. And I just went, bam. And he goes, oh, man, where has this been? And I go, well, I've been trying to get you to like me, I think, up until now. And I'm over it. And this guy's like, by the time we get off the call, he's like, when can we talk again? So it was like, and then then the rest of the day went like that. I just went, oh, that little bit of feedback helped me get my head corrected in the first 10 minutes of my call with that client. So it didn't wait till the last 20 so I've been thinking about this other client where we've had two good meetings, but the last 20 minutes is what made it a good meeting. So I'm going to start, Adrian, and we can do this. In the, and we're going to start right from the beginning. This is what we see. This is what we think. Let's talk. And then see what comes up. Yeah, I love that. I think part of why people resist being transparent is because they want to speak in law. They don't want to be held to what they're saying. They don't want to be held to what's going on for them because, you know, and and for good and for learned reason, right? Like if you say something and then you change your mind about it tomorrow, you know, most people shame that or judge that. It's really part of really part of one of the problems in our political system is that somehow people can't change their point of view. And we're always crucifying them for a point of view they might have had 10 years like that. Flip floppers, right? Oh, Oh, look what he did. He was here and then he's there. So. That can't, I guess where, where that came from for me is like just stating what is for me, but uh, but you can actually state in a way that this is this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm this is how I'm thinking about this right now, and that will change. I mean, it's, that's part of if you build this into your culture, the evolution of ideas is a great thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and stating what's going on for me or how I'm relating to what's happening 
on a certain day and time is all you got. But a lot of, I think, people don't want to risk it because they don't know if they'll believe it tomorrow or they don't know if they can stand in it tomorrow. They don't have enough self-belief that if they took the risk today, they'll have the endurance or perseverance to hold the, the commitment down the road. So I'm unwilling to stick my neck out now and what might be true for me in a moment. Because we know that, at least for me, I know that courage isn't like, uh, courage is kind of, I don't know why this happened for me. Remember that old California race in that old video game? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. At, at every pizza place I've ever been to, they always had oh, yeah. it. And the, the, the best button in that game is the turbo button. Oh, bam! You hit that bitch and then you hit and you go, right? And you run over everybody and it's awesome. You never wreck or whatever. And I, for me, courage is like that. Like it's not, it's, it's the turbo button. It's not on all the time. I'm not courageous all the time. I wish I was. I'm not courageous all the time. And we know that, I think, about ourselves. I know that about myself. And will I have the courage tomorrow to deliver on the commitment of today? And I think sometimes we, we, we hold ourselves back from having the full, bold conversation today because we don't have enough self-belief to think that down the road we can, we can deliver on what we say. Uh, I think it's partly because of the way, the way you know, we relate to what, what people declare, what they talk about. And we don't have such a fluid view of it. This is what I'm thinking about today. Um, and this is how I'm viewing it. That might shift tomorrow, but here's what to know today. Uh, and creating that kind of nest, if you will, of really rigorous conversation, knowing that the conversation will also evolve. So that's, that's, that's what I was thinking about what might hold us back from being transparent, which usually transparency requires courage and boldness. Yeah. Well, you know, transparency, but so does openness. I, you know, it's interesting you say that because I was thinking it takes a lot of times because I, mean, I have more courage to be open. I mean, to be transparent. I notice I have less courage to be open. I tend to get positioned quicker. Yeah. And so I, and the courage is rather than get defensive or shut down to just go, mm, okay, I better, since I am defensive, well, I wonder what I don't want to hear here. And yeah. that takes courage for me. Like, Courage, like maybe they're going to change my mind. Okay, I'm going to be, I got to have the courage to be willing to shift my thinking if that's what's required to have it turn out. Right. Yeah. So that's what comes up for me is like courage goes the, because I, I can use my transparency as a weapon too, which is, which will polarize the, the culture anyway. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I was, my next comment was, you know, how do we connect the two? Openness. And transparency. And that's one of the connected tissue between the two of them, I think, is that willingness to be to experience new information and then be willing to 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 share the idea or narrate the idea that you're you don't know everything. There's a lot that you don't know you don't know. And as the information comes in, here's where I'm at. Yeah. Currently with the information. And I know for me, when I get defensive. The one line that helps me in my head is, well, if they were accurate, would you want to know where and when and how they're accurate? I mean, mm-hmm. like where did wanna- this occur for you and how might it be going on for them? And what did I do to trigger that? And and even if it's a defense on their side, well, you know, my mind will go, that's just their defense. Mechanism. Well, even if it is, why do they feel they need to defend with you? What's mm-hmm. wanted, needed? Right? Like, that's the only place I can go because I can't control them. Right. Uh, I, I usually have to strike out once or twice before I realize, oh, wait, I'm defensive. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about this happens. I noticed this pattern with clientele is that sometimes we'll be talking about 
and it will talk about an issue on like one week. And then the next week they come back and they're very excited to report that they had the, that they went in and had the conversation and I'll walk through the conversation with them and I'll say, great, tell me about it. Yeah. What you, you know, what'd you say? And they are, what they're excited about is that they walked in the room and said what needed to be said. <laughs> oh, no. And then they don't, cause my next question is, cause that's fine. Okay, cool. That's like the first volley. Like, that's what you said. Great. Then what did they say? And it's usually silence because <laughs> they hadn't even, they hadn't even thought about it, let alone, you know, so now they're like making up a, an answer to what the other person said. And I always find that interesting. And I, and I think I, I see this because when we're not transparent, when we've been sitting on a conversation that we know needs to happen, and then when we finally are willing to have it, a lot of times we give ourselves credit for saying what needs to be said, but there's no openness where it's like, I want to now see what the other party thinks about the situation or about what I just said. Either one, I need, I want to know both, you know? So I think that's a lot of, you know, people's experiences. They come in and blast the room or blast the person, but they don't sit there and have a conversation with the person where it's like transparency is, is partnered with openness. And, you know, um, and I want to hear what's going on for them. I want, you know, I'm really curious about what's happening for them. I'll let them know what's going on for me, but I equally want them to practice transparency with me instead of just sitting there and listening and agreeing with what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, David White brings up, he says the that the relationship is the conversation and the conversation is the relationship. So, you know, just because I said it, because then I think because I said it, if I'm, if I'm not listening, I think, okay, then I said it, of course, now they heard it. But how they heard it may not be what I intended. And if I really intend to get it across, I, I get to take responsibility for how they heard it until they hear it the way it is over here. Now, the, the other assumption I always find interesting with me is that they, if they would hear it, they would roll over to my way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So if they didn't roll over, they didn't hear it. And I found that that's not necessarily true. For the most part, they they heard it. They still have a different opinion. So maybe I need to hear their opinion too. Might be more more resourceful than what I was saying. <laughs> Allie and I only do this about every fight, where <laughs> I, I think I've made the really articulate explanation of what the challenge is, and then I say, I, I then I stop and I ask her what her she's thinking, and she's not been paying attention to what I've been saying for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I need to go back and explain this articulate view. Oh, mansplain, mansplain, that goes good. Yeah, yeah. She, said, she said, you and Adrian and I should get together for a call in the next week or two. I thought, oh, we're going to have fun. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's very uh, pop culture, woke, uh, uh, boundary setting to, to say what you need to say. Right. Right. There's even my truth. John, my truth. That's my there's even Yeah. My truth. There's even a John Mayer song about it. And uh, for me, there's, it's only part of the equation to what you're saying, Adrian. And I think a good setup for the second part, and there may be even more parts that I'm not seeing, but something that I hear you say a lot, Dan, is and then be willing to hear what you least want to hear. Yeah. Well, that's because I, I have to tell myself that because my biggest struggle is just my self-righteousness. You know, I, I, if I believe in something, that's it. It's also my strength. If I believe in something, I'm not backing down. But it's 
can really hurt relationship. And so what you say is really vital is like, be willing to hear what you don't want to hear. Like, I don't like go in with that expectation. Right. I know when I train, that's the thing I like. I want to hear the things, particularly the things I that cause me shame. I want to hear them. Mm. Can I hear them? What do you mean by that? Well, you know, like what uh, I'll never forget the first time I really got the feedback that I talked too much was when my 12 year old son said to me, I was trying to explain to him, you know, he asked me about sex and I'm going through this explanation. And he goes, you know, dad, you, you really talk too much. And I remember feeling shame about talking too much. But then I realized it was the way I kind of hid as a kid. Mm. You know, and, and it's it's a defense mechanism. Mm. It, it gets you caught up here in this explanation. And meanwhile, back here, I'm not telling you what I'm really thinking. So I try to sound really smart or create some kind of bullshit that you can get caught up in. And then it distracts you from what I don't want you to see, which is usually I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm afraid to say what I'm going to say because it's going to expose something that you may not like about me. You may not want to be around me, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that's what the transparency and openness is valuable for, because one of the things we can identify are those defense mechanisms that can become our allies. I mean, they don't, I, I know, I think a lot of the, one of the breakdowns in transformation is people think they're going to get rid of what they don't like about themselves. Yeah. Rather than own what they don't like about themselves. Like you don't, you could like it, you could like own it. And then it becomes an, an ally to help you understand what's going on with you in the conversation. At least that's how it works for me rather than try to get rid of it. Because if I'm trying to get rid of it and it comes back, then I'm disappointed I've failed. Oh my God, I'm not transformed as if I'm some kind of stagnant or fixed being yeah. rather than this dynamic conversation, you know, journeying through the universe with other dynamic conversations. So happenings. Yeah, I, lo I love all that. And coincidentally, the next episode is Dan giving the sexplanation. The sexplanation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy it came up. It's such a good uh, lead into the next episode. What were you going to say, Adrian? I'll just I'll just record. I was just thinking. Thank God, I'll just record that. And when Scouts of Age, I'll just play it. <laughs> who's, who's, who's this guy? Oh, you know Dan. Here, <laughs> when he did it, he goes, "You talk too much." I go, well, okay, tell me what you heard. And he just tells me point blank what sex is. And they go, "That's it. You got it." <laughs> I didn't say all that, Dan. That was much easier, Dad. Could we have just done that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I I know that my children are going to be saying the same to me. I I it's too like much like catnip for me. Like all whenever I'm like around or we're doing stuff, everything's a freaking life lesson. And here you know, and I want to slow down and like have the big conversation. And I'm dying for epic moments with them. And you know, <laughs> I like you do that with me when we were walking on. We went to. Uh, that GDBA event out there in the East Coast. And you told me some great stories about your grandfather. I'm thinking, this is great, man. Ah. Like we had a little, that's that. I love that. But my kid, I'm the same way with my kids. And they're like, stop talking so much. Just get to the point, would you? Yeah. So be, uh, be nice, son. Be nice. That's, that's the point. Just be nice. <laughs> so I want to, as we start to wrap up this conversation, I'd love to just hear uh, some closing thoughts, if you have them, about the connection between openness and transparency and how they start to show up in a culture or what's possible in a culture uh, when we create and cultivate openness and transparency. Well, 
I'll take a first swing. I mean, what's possible, right? So zooming out to, to a broader lens, you know, what's the purpose of work is where I'd start. What's the purpose of work? And I, and for everybody's got a different answer for that. The most satisfied, excited, engaged people, uh, for them, work is a way to express who they want to become, right? Who they are, who they want to become, what matters most to them. And they're really living in light of some kind of legacy conversation. Like this will matter to me. It'll matter to my kids. These are the story I want to be living. Um, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what your work is. You know, even if it's in your like a resilient time and you've got a job you don't like right now, but you're willing to do that job you don't like right now for the sake of your children, for the sake of, you know, your own self-worth and your own dignity, whatever, if you're in that moment in time, or if you're going after the big idea or whatever, no matter where you are. And, and that all of us, I mean, I've had lots of jobs like that, but work is an opportunity to really you know, express oneself and to redefine oneself. It's a really great playground to, you know, to push myself past my own limits and discover what's possible for me. So that's, that's the first place I go is what is work? And I know that arenas in life that I can, that I can fully express myself and fully be seen and kind of, I, I usually call it like be found, right? Like I've got, I've built the types of relationships that I can be myself in quotes, be myself, fully express myself. And other people want me to be that. They want me to be that. They're okay with the dynamic view of me. Like I'm shifting. Sometimes I'm a barrel of laughs. Sometimes I'm a stick in the mud. Sometimes I'm super stubborn. Sometimes I'm very inspiring. I'm all those things. And yeah, I don't know where I'm going to be on a certain day. And, uh, you know, and I could be all those in the same day. But, you know, I want to create a type of dynamic where I can really just be myself and that's okay. And I'm not, if I am the version of myself that doesn't really work for the outcome, somebody's going to advocate for me. Now, for me, that's heaven. Like I'm working on a team of people that want to know me and advocate for me. So how do you get there? And I, we're just saying, I'm saying radical transparency and radical openness are part of the dynamic that, that you know, help generate that type of experience in, in my own life, in my own work life, in my own experience. And, and I've seen it, I've seen it when it's missing on teams and they want they think it's about a whole bunch of other things, but it's the fact that they're not willing to have the most honest conversation in the room. And really brilliant people that have all the, all the intelligence in the world, but can't translate it or can't presence it from themselves. So their brilliance goes to waste and they know it. Um, but they want it to be about the ideas and not about their own presence. And part of presence comes out of this openness. I'm an open channel. I'm with you wherever you're at. I can meet you right there and transparency. Hey, see me here. I am. And here I come. And so anyway, so this is a, it's for me, it's like a portal to like really meaningful relationships and a, like a meaningful view of self that's growing. So that's the, that's my final thoughts. Well, no, I think that's great. Cause that's, that's how what you're, I hear you describing is, this is how you begin to implement this and create it in the culture. And I think subsets of that are like what you were talking to there is, hey, look, be hard on the problem, soft on the person. Or in other words, if I'm going to give you feedback, if I'm going to tell you what I think, rather, I'm going to say it to your face first. I'm not going to say it. Like I found that a lot of executives are very articulate talking about people to other people, but not very articulate talking to that person. Yeah. And, and that creates poison in the culture, because if I'm offended with you, Adrian, and I have something to say, 
And I tell Chad about it, but I don't tell you. When I do finally tell you, we get clear. Chad still got that in his bones, and he's not going to trust you or me. There's going to be some dissonance in the culture. Yeah. The first thing is say it to the person that needs to hear it. And say it in a way that they can hear it. Because it's like, if I accuse you of it, it's like I'm not even questioning my own perspective. But if I say, look, this is what's going on for me. I don't know if this is what's true for you. But I want to check in like that client when I told him, I, I was telling you about when I just got honest with him, I said, I don't know if this is so for you, but you sure feel entitled to things in your life right now. That's how it shows up over here. What do you think? Right. And then he could consider it versus you're just an entitled, you know, blah, blah, blah. Which then now he's going to probably send him into a defensive posture. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, at my best, I'm there. And at my worst, I'm accusatory. But I noticed that if I'm going to get this in the culture, I've got to have a conscious effort to do that with others. Then they're going to be like you said, Adrian, they're going to be like a, a support to me when I'm off because yep. they're going to see that this is what we, you know, we say what we have to say, but we own our experience, right? Like this is what I'm checking in and we're going to do some forensics on this particular deal. The other thing is, I think in the process is, don't let loyalty to people keep you from saying what you have to say. I yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't want to tell them because it's going to hurt them. Mm. Right. I always find that an interesting thing. Well, you think by not saying like letting, like if you have something that could transform or enlighten or bring resource to them and you don't bring it to them, do you think it's not going to hurt them to continue to go down the tube? That's not working for them. Right? Well, that to me, that's, that's disloyal. Right. For you to not say something. That's right. But that getting that in the culture is is that that that, that integrity, right? The fullness yeah. of the conversation. Let's have the wholeness of the conversation. When I say integrity, I mean all of it. Let's integrate it all. Get it in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, if it's it, it, the way that hits me is wh- which version of them am I being loyal to? Am I being loyal to their, you know, to their diminished Self, or am I being loyal to their, you know, highly capitalized, highly leveraged self? Great you know? point. Because if I'm not telling them because they can't handle it or it's going to hurt their feelings, just notice the superiority in that statement. Like they can't handle it, really? Yeah. Right? That's oh. just a story to save you from saying it. If you yeah. came and said, hey, I've got this important thing to say, but I don't think you can handle it. How would that actually make them feel? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the culture, right? I mean, the idea is to create a culture in which everyone has the right to understand what makes sense, and yet no one has the right to hold back a critical opinion without speaking up, right? Like, how how do you create that? How do you create an environment? Yeah. Right? And so what you just spoke to one of the ways that undermines it. Like, oh, right. they can't handle it because even though you're not saying it, you're looking down on them, and they're going to pick that up. Yeah. They're not going to feel like they can say their critical opinions Yeah. in the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, my, my, I know we got to wrap up here soon, but it's it's a worthy conversation. Maybe down the road about creating—I don't even know how to talk about it—but it's about fitness. That's that's the word that just came to mind. Culture fitness. Well, yeah, like fitness inside of culture. And what I really mean is, most people most people you make up something like he's got a lot on his plate right now, so I'm gonna, I'm not going to say this until next month or next quarter. He's got a lot on his plate right now, which is. That's probably true, whatever. He's got many projects. That's code for he has many projects going on. But what it's really code for is if I said this to him and it wasn't instantly applicable, he it will, can't handle the news. 
or it'll take too much time and I just don't have, want to bother with it. Where can I find the pill that gets it to happen right now? Right? That's right. That's right. But anyway, it'd be worth exploring in a conversation about you know, creating a culture that people can share what's going on for them and we can take it, absorb it, integrate it, keep what works, chuck what doesn't and move forward. Anyway, the idea of fitness, I don't even know what to call it, but we, we could talk about it. That's a good tweet. That's a good teaser. Everybody, episode on culture fitness coming up. Working title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's great. I've got I've got it written down. It it shall be. Thank you so much for this converse, conversation, gentlemen. Appreciate you, Chad. Thank yeah, you. thanks, Chad. Yeah, this Bye. has been great. Bye-bye, everybody. Ciao. Well, friends of the podcast, thank you so much for joining us this week. If this podcast has helped you or entertained you at all, we encourage you to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a glowing review. That'll help us reach more people and grow this community. And finally, if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can email me at chad at takenewground.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll meet you back here next week for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast.